From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk about a disappointing end to the Guardians Week, conference finals time in the NBA, and review time for winning time. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever co-hosts. Phil Danko is here. Hey, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. You met, buddy. And Director of External Communications for your Los Angeles Lakers, Chuck Rambaldo oh, is here. Very apropos. I like yeah. dire- I like the term director. I don't know what, what external communication is. So. Probably means outside the organization. Oh, <laughs> you're yelling at people in the parking lot. That's right. <laughs> it is most definitely your winning time with this Indeed.com job opportunity. As the director, you will draft press releases, write bylined articles, fix Jerry West's MVP trophy when needed, create media alerts, and teach bicycle safety to the coaching staff. Indeed.com. Holy shit. Real companies post here, too. It's crazy. There are something like six job openings with the Lakers on Indeed.com right now. So if you're interested, Chuck, and you want to make a move out West for a job that pays like 40,000 bucks a year, you got to live in LA. (laughs) Really bad at spelling too. So I'm worried about those bylines and articles I would need to write. Is there a head coaching job listed in Indeed? (laughs) Not yet. yet. (laughs) It might be soon though. (laughs) All right, let's get rolling. Start at home in the land with our Guardians week cap recapping the week for our beloved Cleveland Guardians. And the Guardians came into the week with a bang and left it with a whimper. The guards started the week with a big win, ended it with a disappointing Sunday afternoon loss to the Twins. They are 16 and 17 on the season, still three back in the Central. Of the storylines from this week, I want you guys to give me your take on which you think was the biggest one. First one, COVID. That's still a thing? Apparently, it is. Manager Terry Francona, the rest of the coaching staff, and Josh Naylor were all out at the end of the week and through the weekend with COVID. Next one, according to PowerRankingGurus.com, the guards have had the third hardest schedule to date in all of baseball and have the second easiest schedule the rest of the way. Last one, Josh Naylor set a record with the most exciting May home run in team history and then broke the record two innings later with his game winner. What's the biggest storyline of the week? I'm going to lean towards the Josh Naylor stuff, even though that happened almost a week ago, only because I, I, the the second one you had mentioned sounds eerily similar to what we went through with the Cavs, where we kept saying they have the easiest schedule ever. And I was like, what are they talking about? All these teams (laughs) have winning records are in the top four seeds in in basketball. So they can say that at this point and who knows what happens with the rest of the season, but Josh Naylor only played two games this week and holy shit, (laughs) did he (laughs) really jam a lot of, a lot of stats in those two two games. He, he had, what, eight RBIs in that Monday game, and seven of them occurred in the ninth and the 11th inning or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and that kind of piggybacks into your first option, really, was losing him to COVID this week hurt because he was he's just red hot, absolutely yeah. red hot, and his uh, we needed his bat in the lineup. So I think the biggest storyline for the week began and ended it with Naylor's two games. Missing Naylor's a bigger deal than we thought, maybe, at the at- – two weeks ago than it is now. And I look at that Monday night game that we were kind of a part of and thinking that's a win that this team can look back on that changed the course of the season. Like, like they just started rolling at that point or no, they're, they can beat anybody or no leads too big, whatever it is. That is a keystone win for the franchise for this season. Uh, and the guy who, who let it 
has has to take a seat because because of COVID. Um, I was trying to think back to watching that watching that game. Did Rajay Davis's home run? It was a bigger stage, but I'm trying to think of like regular season to me. That was like when Giambi hit that walk off grand yeah. slam. Like yeah. that that is yeah. one I'll like I'll watch on YouTube a few times a year. Like I'll pull it up and, and watch it. And that that's what Naylor's thing. And I'm hoping like maybe this guy is is more important to this lineup than than we originally thought at the beginning of the year. I tried to think of game winning home runs this early in the season that got me as excited as Naylor did. I watched that highlight 50 times the next day on social media. Uh, I couldn't wait for them to play their next game. I I was excited like it was like a playoff series or the end of the year or something like that. Such an amazing moment to like get to see. The reason I think COVID is probably the biggest storyline of the week is it completely killed their momentum. You know, they had a chance to take that series from Chicago coming into the day game that would have been on Wednesday, I think. They don't get to play that game because of COVID. And then they got to go into the weekend against a good Minnesota team without their manager, uh, without Naylor there, and try to win games against another good team. And it just felt like at the beginning of the week, kind of what you guys are saying, like, here's where the run starts, man. This is where a team that was already playing pretty well at that point, this is when they can start to really run. COVID absolutely fucked that. Like, it does everything else that's good. That really hurts, because I feel like they lost some momentum. And I'd, I'd hate to think that Naylor now has to come back after, what, a week off, 10 days off, something like that, and and try to pick that swing back up where he left it. Because at that point, he was going to hit a home run every game of the week. And that would have been fantastic. I give mine to shitty COVID as the biggest storyline of the week. But let's talk hats for bats, or we just talk about Josh Naylor some more. (laughs) (laughs) Our top three Guardians hitters for the week. Bigger Beard Rosario actually had a pretty big week this week. He had nine hits. He had 409 for the week, and he only struck out once for the entire week. Naylor only played in two games. He had three home runs, nine RBIs, and he hit 556 for the week. (laughs) And the thing is, is that after that, things cooled down considerably. Not many other guys were hitting very well, and I kind of left with uh, Richie Palacios again. He only played one game. That was today, but he was two for three, and he had a stolen base. So those are... R three Chuck, who gets your hat? It's Naylor. <laughs> Even if I, this is the Josh yeah. Naylor section, it's yeah. <laughs> you can't take away the granny, but the Homer that I was, I was kind of like getting situated, and I went on Twitter, and then I saw that highlight of the, the second Homer, and I, I sent it to you guys because the sound of him hitting that ball, yeah. was like it was like watching the natural, like that's the sound effect they use yeah. for the natural. I was like, what the. F- it just happened. That might be one of my favorite sounds on earth. The sound of a ball leaving a bat at that speed. And you know, it's just gone. Uh, other than that, he had a great, he had a great couple of days. So it's Naylor. <laughs> I can't go away from Naylor. I, I, it was an amazing two games. Amazing two games. Uh, he had a home run the next day too, even in the yeah. loss, right? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, and that going back to what you said, Gerbs, like that just sucks that of all things, COVID put a stop to his hot streak. Maybe we'll see when he comes back, maybe he'll pick it back up. But I will say though, in a, in a very close second, what you said about Rosario, I think Rosario's batting fifth now, right? Like he's in the middle of the lineup, yeah. you know, cause they put, I think they put Franville behind him and, and Owen Miller's batting fourth. And if you get nine hits in a week out of the, out of your five hole, you don't need that guy to hit for power. Just get on base, you know, hit the ball. And he hit a pretty good game today too, but you got to give it to Naylor. He he played in only two games and just wrecked 
<laughs> wreck the league for those two games. <laughs> oh man, let's not go back to wrecking the league. That well, didn't I'm... work out very well in <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> Is Rosario in the process of solidifying a spot for this season? Or is he trying out for other teams? Or is he on display as like a trade option for the Guardians for this season? That'll depend on where they're at come all-star break, trade deadline, something like that. Because I think what we're seeing here is, even though he didn't have a great week average-wise, Jimenez continues to hit. And he's playing second base every day, which was a huge question mark coming into the season. Who the hell is going to man second base? And Jimenez is manning second base, but might be your best shortstop out there in the, in the field. If the team is, is competing for a division, you don't mess with it. And Rosario stays at short Jimenez at second, because that was a huge question mark coming into the season. If they start to falter, I think, and Rosario continues to play the way he is, then yeah, that's a, that's a guy you might be able to move for uh, some young talent, knowing that you've got his heir apparent standing right next to him already. Chuck, what do you think? Is Rosario going to be on the team come the end of the season? It's not nice to answer a question with a question, but what if he is trade bait for somebody who could solidify second base Mm. and you can move Menez over? You know, like somebody who you know is going to hit 270, maybe drive in 80, 60 to 80 runs. I think this is an audition, you know, like if if they're because they're, they're coming up at, like you said, Gerber, in the, earlier in the show, they're coming up on an easy part of the schedule and hopefully they start racking up some wins and hopefully the pitching staff starts getting it all together and then they can make a move around the all-star break for something they need. And he's their piece, right? He's I assume he's probably the only guy on this major league roster who has some value if he continues to play the way he is. So why not Jimenez at short? Owen Miller at second, Naylor becomes your everyday first baseman. You've got guys like Palacios and some of these other younger guys who can fill those outfield spots. Maybe Mercado's out there for a little while longer, although he's hitting like garbage. Why do you need to trade him for a second baseman? Why why isn't it Jimenez and Miller up the middle? I don't think you're wrong on any of those options, but they've done a nice, I guess I'll give it, I'll give them this for the last season plus. They've done a pretty decent job with players playing multiple positions but at some point you know like (laughs) i I would like a guy whose natural position is going to be solidified if they're going to make a playoff run i'm not saying your solution as as a manager is 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 a bad one it isn't he's a reliable bat you know like kind of kind of play defense please don't put him in the outfield if it's a playoff run but but hopefully you know like i want them to be in a position this year where Maybe they're buyers, but not like massive buyers, just somebody who's going to help out. And I guess the position of need, and I don't know if it's a position of need if you're still moving guys around, but second base is is, is there for somebody to take it. That's interesting the way you you put that together, Gerbs. I think, Chuck, you're right. Like I think Rosario is the guy that has value at the major league level, and, it, and it, he continues to play this way. His value will only increase. The luxury there for the Guardians is they can trade him for whatever the hole might be at the moment. Like you set up your your infield, like you just said there, Gerbs. You don't have to trade him for a second baseman. Then, all right, maybe we need a corner outfielder. Maybe, and let's hope not. Maybe we need a DH because Franmil can't figure his shit out or whatever. Yeah. You know. So I guess you're in that position to where you evaluate it based on what the team is doing at the time. I have not seen Owen Miller play much second base. So I think you're losing, a. I would imagine you're losing a little bit on defense there. But again, you know, if he moves the second and him and as moves the short, you're pretty solid up the middle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and offensively, you're, you're way better off than we thought coming into the season. So right. 
yeah, maybe you take Rosario and you find like, or what is the biggest hole? Is it a unbelievably a pitcher somewhere? Yeah, or might a be a relief yeah. pitcher. Or, or, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And you just you just roll with it. You, you you call the Reds because they're the worst team in baseball and just get their best player. <laughs> like that's what you do. <laughs> yes, Joy Votto. <laughs> I'll tell you, the only reason I think my idea is a bad one is I'm not sure I buy Naylor as a first baseman. Uh, I love the bat, obviously. I've enjoyed watching that guy and his progression from the beginning of last year till now, but he he's a terrible first baseman, I think. He, he's not good defensively, I don't think. So you're trading away that defense just to keep that bat in. It seems like there's a move coming with Rosario because it doesn't make too much sense day-to-day anymore to keep Jimenez out of shortstop because he's just so good and I think as much as I just said Naylor was terrible at first Rosario is a disaster in the outfield he's a he's not a good defensive outfielder we can't have him out there so we'll see interesting to see what happens with the bigger beard but let's move on to the mound our K jewelers mound gems every (laughs) K begins with K start with Shane Bieber who did not get a win on Saturday night but he pitched six innings. He only gave up one earned run. He had seven Ks. Throughout the week, Nick Sandlin had two appearances, no runs and no hits. And our first ever combined nominee, Anthony Ghost, 9.00 ERA. Aaron Savali, 11.57 ERA. And Brian Shaw, 67.5 ERA this week. Yikes. These guys are nominated because they all need something nice to happen to them. <laughs> Phil, who's your mountain gem? I'm going to give it to Biebs, uh, even though he had a no decision. It it seemed to me in watching that game, he finally found his strikeout mojo again. Like that, that hadn't happened yet this season. Like he wasn't getting the strikeouts. And part of that was they were giving him the inside corner, which if you give Bieber the inside corner and he can hit that spot, like, all right, good luck. So it was good to see him get some strikeouts. And in typical Cleveland professional baseball fashion, I think we gave him all of one run support. I'll give him, I'll give it to Biebs this week. I think he had a great, great start. That should have been a win for sure. Ghost is actually, other than this week, pitched pretty well this season. Yeah. He's done a nice yeah. job out of the bullpen, yeah. so I don't want to shit on that that trio or put him in with the other two shitbags. Uh, but I, I think I'll do Bieber too, only because uh, I saw that this week as well. Like his velocity, comparably, had gone from like ninety point two to like ninety one point something. So maybe he's starting to get a little bit of that velocity back, which makes him a little more dominant. You know, he just didn't get any run support. He had a hell of an outing. I think I'd go with Bieber too, although. He got himself out of a couple jams during that game. Things don't go right, and all of a sudden, he's given up four runs. So he he walked the tightrope, but he pitched a great game. And when you're only giving up one earned run to a good Minnesota team, that's a hell of an outing. So we'll give it to Bieber as well. Next week, the nine-win Cincinnati Reds come to town for two starting on Tuesday. The 11-win Detroit Tigers close out the week in Cleveland. So that's five games coming up next week over under on wins three and a half. Damn it. (laughs) House always wins, buddy. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a, what a week if they go four and one, I mean, they're the teams they should go four and one against though. Right. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm going to say over they get four wins. Somehow they get four wins. I don't know. Damn it. I'm going to take the over. They have to get four wins they, they when they're really, yeah. right when they're when they're playing these teams, which they have a nice lineup of of crappy teams coming up. They have to win these games, you know. And then like maybe if they're in a pennant race and national people are talking, they only beat up shitty teams. Well, that's who cares? You're supposed to beat up shitty teams, yeah. so they need four wins this week. So I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over too. This is really exciting. Oh, Go Guardians! Damn it! <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
They're, they're going one and four this week, without a doubt. The FTL jinx. Okay, real fast, the Browns schedule came out this week after several days of leaks from league sources. Is a full week of coverage of the NFL schedule release too much, just enough, or not enough? I guess it's just enough. It's becoming an event like everything the NFL does. So yeah, I had, I had a pretty decent time to watching like a bunch of different teams videos of their schedule release. And some of them were really entertaining. I think it was just enough. It's it's they do an unbelievable job compared to every other major sporting organization or, or league to continue to have interest in it year round. Not everybody does that and they keep continue to do it well. So I'm not sick of it. And plus I'm starting to get excited for um, Brown's football, man. Feels like it's about that time. It's like 17 weeks away. I know. <laughs> we start our 17 That's weeks right. of brown movement. <laughs> oh, we no. preparing. <laughs> No, it's uh, 13 Shades of Brown. Oh, that's right. That's a brown. Did you enjoy the week-long schedule rollout? I ignored it. Um, it, it. Good for you. I think it's too much, but kudos to the NFL because they can take something like the schedule release yeah. and command yeah, a week's amazing. worth of media. They're so good and so much better than the other leagues at – They've commanded the entire calendar year. It used to be the draft was their big deal in the offseason, right? Now they just release a schedule and it's a yeah, big yeah. deal. Yeah. That's all they talk it's about, great. you know? And, and so good for them to take something that yeah. means so little because what does it matter? We don't even know who's playing, where, who's hurt, who's who, yeah, how the team. Yeah, like it doesn't yeah. matter at the end of the day. And they've turned it into a week's worth of newsworthy uh, coverage. It's I loved that, like the morning of how stuff started leaking about. Yeah. Hey, maybe yeah. they're opening up here. I'm like, this is this is pretty great. Yeah. And then I liked Gosh. how it's. I, I was into it, man. I was maybe it was just a slow work day for me, but I was into it. <laughs> I think it's too much, but I do agree that the NFL has somehow found a way to best McDonald's and Big Tobacco in their marketing. <laughs> Because yeah. you're right. Why should we be paying attention for an entire week just to find out what next season's schedule is going to be? <laughs> but that that's where we are. The NFL owns sports news 12 yep. months out of the year. So that's just the way it is. But, fellas, we're going to wrap up this segment, take our first break, come back, hit the road, and talk some more NBA playoffs. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, start with the NBA playoffs. The second round is over almost. The Eastern Conference second round wrapped up earlier today. The Celtics took another step towards the title and towards proving Ric Flair right. To be the man, you got to beat the man. The Celtics beat the world champ Milwaukee Bucks twice in a row to punch their ticket into the Eastern Conference finals. The no-name Heat eliminated the big name 76ers in six on Thursday night. Heat will host the Celtics in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals on Tuesday. Jimmy Butler and James Harden from the now ousted 76ers are the same age. Who are you asking for diet and fitness tips from? Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if, you said, you? if you said beard maintenance, I would say James Harden. I would say Jimmy Butler's butler even before I get to James Harden. <laughs> yeah. So here's the good news for James Harden. He's on the books for the 76ers next season for $47 million. Yikes. <sighs> Are you keeping him? I think their owner is infatuated with him. I think he's tried to make that move 
last year too, or when it, when it was GM available. Was more, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. but I, I can't imagine that. I know you need to surround Embiid with with players, but Harden took two shots in the second half of yeah. that closeout game, and I understand his role's been a little different. Like he, and we talked about this last week. I said he's not the guy that he was in Houston, but but he needs he is that guy. Like he should be that guy. He's supposed so, to be yeah. right. So I'm making excuses for that ass. And you take his limitations shots. are are why he's yeah, correct. not a, a scorer like he used to be. It's not right. because they're they're trying not to use him as that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think of anybody who's worth that, and he's not even in like a fourth tier of NBA players. So I assume they do because the GM, like I thought it was the owner, but you're right. The GM's infatuated with his play style, even though it didn't really work out in this series. So what do you think? What are the stipulations of the contract? So he's he's due over 40 mil and he's under contract with the 76ers? I think he can opt in. I no, think he I, can. I think he's I think he's under contract for next season, 47 million three hundred thousand and change. So, and then he's an unrestricted free agent after. Okay. So next year he's definitely a 76er because how do you move that? How do you move that guy for that yeah. money? Right. Who's picking that guy yeah. up? Like, you know what we need? We need a guy that uh, is out of shape and is going to take two shots in the most important uh, time of the yeah. season, and we'll but pay he him might forty get six mil. assists. So we yeah, that's right. Out, yeah. You know? So uh, yeah, he's a 76er next year, and they will continue to be ousted in the playoffs before the finals. So looking ahead to this Heat Celtics matchup in the Eastern Conference Final, concerned that the Celtics emptied the tank to beat the bucks while the heat got to cruise past this weird 76ers team i'm not concerned uh mostly because i don't i don't care about either team but uh <laughs> <laughs> if you were if you were a celtics fan i got you concerned. well as as a fan of sports and and my you know my weekly duties for the pod um i'm, I'm not that concerned because i think you know the nature of of basketball is like a team like the Celtics, they, they just, they just hit the reset button and here we go into the next, the next series. And they, although they have the heat have home court, don't they? It's the one, one, yeah. two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Celtics might just look at this and say, all right, you know what? We got to get one of the first two and it's our, it's our series to lose then. So I'm not overly concerned. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup because I think the Celtics are a deeper team, but that's only because I don't know any of the names on the heat other than the three we listed last week. <laughs> <laughs> The Celtics are really good defensively, and they just beat a really good Bucks team that I never thought was secretly shitty. Granted, they were missing Middleton for most of the series, but that really didn't matter, at least today. They beat a team that had the best player on the planet, in my opinion, in the NBA, uh, and, and they won big today, even with Giannis going off. Had an unbelievable game. So you're, you're looking at probably, like I guess it shaked out right, the two best teams in the East. If Tatum, he can't have off games like he did in, I think it was game six, game maybe game five or six, whatever. Five, yeah. yeah. Like Tatum can't have that kind of game. And I don't know if they get help like they did from whoever mm-hmm. the guy is. You said scores, <laughs> whoever the guy scored, whatever. Uh, he had a bunch of threes today. I don't even know who the f- his name is, but yeah. sure. Like, yeah, thank like- you. Pritchard, Donald right. Williams, I think, was yeah. another guy. Like those that, guys like, hardly ever, yeah, yeah hardly ever see the a floor. Guy? He's a guy. He's yeah. a guy. He's a guy. <laughs> uh, the Heat's a really good team too. So I, I'm assuming it's going to be a, a, a good series, right? If if you can, if they can do the same, well, and they let Giannis go off, but if they can, if they can neutralize Butler a little bit, I guess you know, like defense wins championships. That's a great cliche to say right now. So <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know how how um, spent they'll be. You know, like maybe it's just a well-oiled machine with which a bunch of young players like Tatum. So. We'll see.
I think the emotion really matters in these big playoff games and series in the NBA. And I would worry if I was a Celtics fan because, man, they took that series by winning the last two games in amazing fashion. But, man, it, it was a lot of work to get there. And there's a come down from that, too. And plus, you've, like I said, you, you beat the man. You climbed the mountain already. You beat the champions. It's fear that there's a little bit of a letdown. And the Heat are just professionals, man. That's what that organization is. And so even if we can't name more than three people who are playing for the team, they're going to come in ready to play in this series. And so if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm a little bit worried about that. But at the same time, I guess I'm at least tonight, I'm riding super high that we absolutely throttled uh, the defending champions to knock them out of the playoffs. So, all right, who's winning the series? Oh, damn. Recency bias. And I haven't, I haven't actually thought I haven't went with the Celtics at all. Uh, I think through most of this playoff run, but if they played like they did the last two games, it, it's a, t- it's a tough out for Miami. Uh, I think maybe, maybe the Celtics, maybe it's the Celtics. Ew. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I don't like that. Boy, it's only going to get worse. I know. <laughs> Man, fuck Boston. Uh, Miami right. heat. <laughs> yeah. Miami heat because of Pat Riley. That's what I'm going with. I'm going to stick with the Celtics. They beat the the champs. They beat what I thought was, and I agree with Chuck, the best player in all of basketball right now. And so it's hard to not try to continue riding them, although I do not like picking the Boston Celtics to win anything. So that's it for the Eastern Conference. Western Conference finals have yet to be decided, sort of. The Warriors laughed off a 107-point loss in Game 5 to the Grizzlies. <laughs> on Friday night and eliminated them, but the Suns weren't able to put the Mavericks away. Game seven is happening right now, and I'm still not sure the Suns know it. I believe the last time I looked, they were down by 35 with about four minutes left in the third quarter. So my first question to you guys was going to be, who would you rather see in the Western Conference Finals, the Suns or the Mavs? But I think we know what's coming. And I don't know what the stats are right now, but Chris Paul, game four, of this series against the Mavericks, 5.7 assists. Game five, seven points, 10 assists. Game six, 13 points, four assists. Game seven, not going well right now for the Suns. Are they losing this game because Chris Paul lost his legs? He's old, man. I mean, how many years separate Chris Paul and the coach of the Mavericks, right? I mean, it's like they were in like one draft class apart, I think. Maybe not, but... Uh, That's impossible. For no, them. I can't be. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in high school when Jason Kidd got drafted. Yeah. I always think Jason Kidd's younger than he is because his last name's Kidd. I don't know. He, he looks good. Uh, so Chris Paul is, um, he's such a good player, but he's that kind of player that he needs the Robin to his Batman, or maybe he's the Robin and he needs a Batman, right? Like he needs that guy, like it, like him and LeBron or whatever. And, and he doesn't have that. And if they neutralize him, maybe they thought Booker could be that guy and he hasn't been in this series necessarily a couple games here and there. And they, they've just failed. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at tonight's game, even though it went to game seven, like the Suns are a deep team and yeah, they just didn't show up tonight the, at all. The fourth quarter just started. It's 92 to 50. Yeah. The third period in the NHL game just ended and we're going to overtime in a game seven. So I have switched the channel. Yes. <laughs> we don't talk enough hockey on this show. Can you remember a playoff game in any sport where the favorite got slammed this hard? 
and you were this surprised. I'm, I'm, I can't think of anything, man. This is unusual. Phoenix is at home getting run out of their gym with all of their guys on the court. Everybody's healthy. There's no injury problems for the Suns. And I can't think, I, I mean, you go even back to like the Giants beating the Patriots in those, those Super Bowls. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't blow them out. They didn't beat them by 50. I was know? thinking the same thing. What, what was the Super Bowl? Uh, it was Manning's second Super Bowl with the Broncos. And I think they were the favorite. And the first snap of the game went over his head for a safety or whatever. And they just got destroyed yeah, that, that was game. That's the Seahawks. That's true. That's yeah. Yeah. One. Maybe yeah. that's one. Yeah. 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 Oh, you go back to like the Dodgers beating the Oakland A's when the Oakland A's were the Bash yeah. Brothers. What, in like yeah, 88 yeah. or something like that? Yeah, Huge yeah, underdog, and they swept them. It's a good Just one. absolutely yeah. destroyed them. Wow. Suns, I'm shocked. So I guess it's going to be the Mavericks and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And is that exactly what we picked when the playoffs started? <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. <laughs> Besides Luka Doncic. Who can you name on oh, the Dallas, Ma Dallas Mavericks without looking at your supercomputer? Oh, I have the hockey game on my supercomputer. I can't. Honestly, I can't. Is Glenn, maybe uh, is Robinson's kid on? Is Glenn Robinson's kid still on that team? Or uh, yeah, right. He was last year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's um, Luka Doncic is, is a great NBA player. He's a phenomenal player. This team, even though I haven't watched much of it. I don't know if it reminds me of that Sixers team that had Allen Iverson on it. Name one other player on that Sixers team yeah. that went right. to the finals. Right. Uh, and they're not even going to, they're going to a conference final uh, unless the Suns score 60 points and the Mavs <laughs> score zero uh, in the fourth quarter. So I can't name another player on there other than Luca. Shit. Only because before we started recording, I looked up their roster and I laughed because not only could I not name a player before I looked it up, but when I looked it up, I had never heard of, of their yeah. entire team yeah. other than some bench players and Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. are on their team, but I don't think they Shit, get maybe minutes. that's what I meant. Like I don't think I mean, they I get said one junior. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I picked yeah. the wrong junior. Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't get minutes. So um I don't I don't know how the Mavs are in the finals. And I, I feel like you you ride Luka Doncic, right? Like that guy is he's so good, but ah man. Here we go. Wait, he was hurt, right? He yeah, missed he was some hurt. Of the first round. Yeah. He missed yeah, he yep. missed some games, but mm -hmm. The Warriors, ah, they're in such a nice so position it, right now. Is that the easy call right now? Is that Dallas pulling this series out and upsetting the Suns creates a really easy road for the Warriors to get to the finals? Yeah, I, I think it does. Uh, that, that team has all of their older stars intact, and they've got depth now with young players. You, you know, they've with Poole and... Um, and what's his Kaminga. name? Yeah. And well, the guy that the Cavs drafted, uh, that it Wiggins. was an all-star this year. Wiggins, Wiggins. Yeah, man. He has been, he's been locked down on defense and he's been, he's been a clutch player for them too. So the depth is there and the talent is there. This might be an ugly Western conference finals, to be honest. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the series, and we probably did, you probably did ask me on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't, I, I thought the Suns should have walked over the maths. They, they should have, yeah. yeah. but they're not. And I don't like God bless man. I never want to root for the Warriors ever, uh, ever. It was Bro, like you can't when, do that. You can't do that. Right, never. It was like when Elway later in his career went to the right. Super Bowl, and I can yeah. remember my dad saying, "I'm rooting for him." I said, "What the f is wrong with you?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm never gonna root for the Warriors. So, um, so I become a big Mavs fan here. I guess in the next week and a half. Who are the Warriors going to be able to put on Luca and stop him? Do they run Draymond at him? Is it? Is that somebody that like Kaminga or I bet Wiggins covers Wiggins can Wiggins. 
Yeah. But how much? How much height is he giving up to Luca? Luca's a big dude. Wiggins. Oh, Wiggins like is awesome. a tall. Wiggins, Wiggins is like tall, a tall I mean, swing super, guy. He's super athletic. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Luca. This is a bunch Lucas, of dudes. Luca's just a big dude, though. Yeah. Luca's just a big dude. I mean, and he's, he's so like, smooth, man. Like he's so yeah. smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie. There you go. For there you go. Dallas. And maybe, yeah, winning maybe time. He's good. Isn't that guy who smoked crack on winning time? <laughs> that was, that was uh, Haywood, right? Spencer. Spencer Haywood. That yeah. was still Spencer. I was. It close. was Spencer. Hey, we go to the mall and go to Spencer's oh, next. Like, yeah, we're skipping a segment here, but man, that was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So Dallas, I'll tell you what. Thank you for bringing some intrigue into the playoffs and these this series, not all just going chalk with the one and two ending up in the finals and a, and a big win that I know that every team makes a run in the NBA, but there's six and a half minutes left in the game and it's one Oh nine 65. I think Ugh. the Suns are Lord. probably done. So here goes <laughs> Phil who wins the Mavs warriors series. I'm going with the warriors as much as I hate to say it. I'm going to root for the Mavs, but I think the warriors win it. Yeah. I mean, that's, Cons. Um, <laughs> I'm do the I'm same. Gonna, I'm not even gonna yeah, believe right. it this time. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna root for the Mavs, but it's a year for the war. I mean, like they're a good team. They've been a really good team for a really long time, and now they have younger guys too. Uh, the Warriors. <laughs> I hate them. I'm never one to let my emotions get in the way of my logic when it comes to picking winners, but I'm going with the Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> some usfl oh shit wait what i forgot about that <laughs> i thought it ended last week it didn't good news we're at the unofficial halfway point of the regular oh. season and it's only unofficial because we're hoping they cut the 10 game season several games short uh this week the panthers lost to tom brady and the tampa bay bandits the breakers lost to the generals in another usfl classic rivalry game the stallions knocked off the stars the maulers avoided being the first win yes! team in any usl get a w usfl yeah. season Woo! get their first win today oh thank god so tell me fellas if you were forced to start a usfl fantasy team and you had the number one pick in your usfl fantasy league draft who would you take doug Kyle's- oh sorry <laughs> Herschel walker <laughs> USFL draft. that was a good one phil actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> kyle slaughter Slaughter, S-L-O-T-T-E-R, however you say it. Breakers quarterback, leads the league with 1,200 yards passing and seven touchdown passes in five games. Next option, Jordan Ellis, the Breakers running back, leading the league with 389 rushing yards in five games. Last choice, Jonathan Adams, Breakers wide receiver, leading the league with 273 receiving yards in five games wow the breakers running, breakers uh, are- running, the, running the table there what and the, and the birkenham stallions are the best team in the league yeah. right yeah if i had to make a first pick is this a ppr fantasy league jesus sure. christ <laughs> 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 all right Just, <laughs> had to make sure had to make sure uh not taking the quarterback then i would take the I'm going to go with the running back. I'm going to, I'm going to take the running back first. I'm going to go with the quarterback only oh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure he is Webster slaughter's nephew. So he just spells it differently. Yes. <laughs> Do you think this has ever happened in the NFL where one team 
has the number one ranked quarterback, wide receiver, and running back at the same time. Ooh. Yeah, I, I bet it has. Maybe um, the Cowboys. Aikman, I was thinking the Cowboys. Smith and uh, oh, Irvin. And Irvin. That's a good one. Ake, yeah. I was thinking Cowboys. Hey, I was thinking one? Bills. 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 With, yeah. with Kelly, Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Thomas and Andre Reid. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yes, I do think it happened. <laughs> um, greatest show on turf, I think, was the closest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's a good Marshall one. Marshall Falk and Tory Holt. And there was a year where Warner like led the league in passing yards per game. Falk led the league in rushing, and Holt was like number one in like touchdown receptions. That was the closest I could find to a single time when all three players were on one team were leading the league in like those yeah. major categories. But it's crazy. You start to look back at these NFL seasons, and Kurt Warner didn't lead the league in passing because Peyton Manning did. And like Tory Holt didn't lead the league in total receiving yards because like Randy Moss did or something like that. You know I mean? Yeah. You start to think like, Oh my God, there's so many good players in the league that it could never happen. But when there aren't a ton of good players in the league, you can't have it happen. <laughs> and that's what we're experiencing with the breakers right now. <laughs> so that's it for the USFL. That's it for our on the road segment. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back, go off the field and recap season one of winning time. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll go off the field and dedicate the entire segment to winning time. The HBO series about the start of the Lakers dynasty. Season one came to an end last week after 10 episodes. We got to see the Lakers win their first championship with Magic Johnson on the squad. We're going to run through a whole bunch of stuff, but let's start with, did you learn anything from watching this series? I don't know if I learned anything. I remember that Magic played center in, in the game. I didn't know Kareem got hurt, but I assume that would make sense now that why would else would Magic play? It's tough to learn anything because when I look at this series, it mixed fact with fiction and a little bit of satire, or maybe a whole lot of satire, depending on who the character was. So I don't know, like when I learned, because I'm, I'm I'm looking at it now as as entertainment and not like, I mean, it's based in reality, but how much of it really happened, I guess. So it's you a know, stretch to call it based in reality, but <laughs> well, well, but but I mean, like the Lakers existed, Doctor Jerry <laughs> Bus existed, they won a championship, but other than that, I don't know what else is real. So I don't know what I learned other than that. It was really entertaining. Uh, it was a really entertaining season. So we all look at it. What I learned is I like this version of history way better than actual <laughs> history. That's what I learned. I think they should do these kind of things like, like let, let's do the Bulls next, man. Like, like get someone to play, get Michael B. Jordan to play Michael Jordan. And we'll, we'll just go out there and, and have some, some crazy shit happen. This is highly entertaining to Chuck's point. Like this is so much better than the actual thing. And the actual thing was great, right? Like it's sports. It was an amazing story, but I've learned that I would rather sit down and watch 10 weeks of this than 10 weeks of a documentary about the Lakers. I didn't realize until watching this, that the NBA was close to bankrupt at yeah. that point. Oh, yeah. I, had, yeah. I had no idea. So that's, that's based in reality. I didn't know that. That's what I learned. I think it was during this time when the finals games weren't even broadcast live. They were shown on like tape delay in the middle of the night or something like that. I mean, that's how far the, the league had sunk. I don't really think there was much to learn because I don't think this was really tethered that closely to reality at all. Uh, but no, to, to me, it was the coaching stuff. I had always kind of assumed that Pat Riley had always been the one 
who was there throughout the incredible run they made in the 80s where like they were in every finals except for two uh so i didn't know any of this stuff about i didn't even know who mckinney was i knew westhead because i think he had coached someplace else and had success too so the coaching stuff was the most interesting thing i think i learned if there was anything to learn from the series let's do some multiple choice best wardrobe throughout the series is it a jerry bus from the waist up b <laughs> Any woman poolside at training camp. C, Pat Riley, but only while on the beach or working on his garage. D, Larry Bird, but only while he's off the court. Wow. That is a really hard choice. Um, I'm going to go with the favorite here. Uh, Jerry Buss and his wardrobe is phenomenal. I paid really close attention to every shirt he wore. And he varied his shirts. He had striped shirts. He had polka dot shirts. He had all sorts of solid shirts, but none of those shirts were buttoned beyond the second button from his navel, which was phenomenal. That to me is the outfit of the series. There's no other choice here. It's, it's Dr. Jerry Buss because fashion is usually cyclical. So, you know, like boot cut jeans have come back and chunky shoes have come back and everything. When is it coming back that I can expose my <laughs> chest to my navel? That's all I want to know, man. What am what I going to let, let it breathe? So it's Dr. Jerry, for sure. I vote next week's show. We all <laughs> come back. Let's, let's start this, because obviously that's the winner. You know, there's nobody even close. Uh, I'm with you guys. I agree 100%. Dr. Jerry Buss from the waist up was the best wardrobe for the entire series. And let's bring it back. I've got button-down shirts. I can not button a bunch of those buttons <laughs> right. to see how it goes. True. Seems like a choice we can make. <laughs> yeah, we can do it. Sounds like a good idea for the trip. Maybe instead of t-shirts this year, <laughs> we should have button downs, but button only downs. Have two buttons at the very bottom. <laughs> Remove all the buttons so there's no option. I love it. <laughs> what would winning time Jerry Buss, not real Jerry Buss, what would winning time Jerry Buss think of the current Lakers team? Uh, he would fire a bunch of people. Um, he would then take out some crazy ass loan from some who knows crime boss, I guess, and uh, <laughs> buy better talent. But in the meantime, somehow he would lean on Jerry West <laughs> of all people to figure it out. That's that's what he would do. And whatever Jerry West said in between his profanity laden explanation, that's what Dr. Jerry Buss would do with this year's Lakers. In reality, right, Jeannie is mm -hmm. kind of in charge of the Lakers now. Well, she is 100% right. So yeah. I assume she wouldn't be fired, disowned, never <laughs> welcomed at Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner again, because it was he was all in, at least that's how it was portrayed. This year, all in. Anything else was unacceptable than winning a title. I think he'd never talk to his daughter again if he was <laughs> he's still in charge of the Lakers. I, I think he would love the stars. I think he'd love the LeBron James, Anthony Davis, even Westbrook, you know, is still a name, is still a star. I think he'd love that show aspect of it, but I think he'd pull whatever hair he had left out of his head watching that team lose <laughs> the way that they did. That's the thing that he didn't ever accept somehow. And how did he do that? I mean, I guess he just got lucky, whatever you want to call it. He had magic. And he had Kareem, but then they still end up with James Worthy and, yeah. you know, Michael Cooper and Kurt Rambis, I guess. <laughs> you know? Like they, they somehow keep that team together for 10 years. I suppose he would understand that it's a different league now. 
and that the free agency changes things so much and the amount of money the players make changes things so much. I wonder if winning time Jerry Buss would go after James Harden this offseason. I bet he would think about it. I bet he would think about it. Back to the show. Let's talk about the best casting choices. A, young David Stern, played by Andy Hirsch, who previously appeared on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and in 16 Candles with an uncredited role as Boy with Coronet. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's good Jeez. research. Yeah. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was played by Dr. Solomon Hughes, who is not an actor. He was a basketball player for the Cal Bears from 98 to 2002. He got his PhD afterwards, and he's been a visiting professor at a few different colleges. He's 43 years old. Really? Oh, wow. Commish he should be retired. <laughs> Him and Tom Brady. That's yeah. right. The commish is Red Arbach, Michael Chiklis, yep. who is yeah. on the TV show The Commish. He was on The Shield, which I think is a highly underrated television show. He was in the Fantastic Four movies. Mm -hmm. He was in a couple episodes of Seinfeld. He was in Murphy Brown, and he was in a Three Stooges TV movie, and he had to play like Curly, right? Yes. D, Dr. J as a guy who on TV appeared to be five feet seven. Um, he's actually named... <laughs> Jordan Sutherland, he's not an actor. He is an 11-time international dunk champion who claims to be the world's best one-foot dunker. i never <laughs> seen him dunk with his feet, um, but it's it like the way that he jumps. That's impressive. So, Chuck, who was the best casting choice for winning time this season? This is all really tough here because they're great options, and I could say that confidently everyone who they cast was perfect for their role. But with the four you're giving me, Kareem, the guy who played Kareem, did a brilliant job, not only looking like him, <laughs> but playing like him. You know, like all the parts of him, um, whether it was how Kareem really was off the court or not, it made me like there, there wasn't any. And, and I guess Magic, too, the guy, the kid who played Magic, too. Yeah. There was a point where I blurred it. And I thought, I'm looking at the real guys who were part of this team then, at least when it came to those two. Maybe not uh, Michael Cooper or whoever else, but probably Kareem, because he just had it down, the mannerisms, whether they were off and on the court. So overall, though, maybe one of the best casted shows in the history of television for something we've already witnessed, but Kareem out of your four. I'm going to go with Kareem as well. I mentioned it last week. I mean, I think any cranky old bald white dude could have played a, a Red Arbach. And, and Michael Chiklis is a great actor. Great resume, but whatever. He's a great cranky yeah, old white dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, you could replace him with just about anyone. I, I could have done that, I think. Um, <laughs> Kareem's character was amazing. And, and it was something that I... I think it got better as the season went on. Like, you, you know, you took this journey with this guy too. And you're like, all right, man, was, is this really Kareem? Like I see Kareem as this, like, you know, this path pacifist kind of very wise type figurehead. And he was angry, <laughs> very angry all season, but it made sense. Like as he kind of found himself and all of a sudden towards the end of the season, he's teaching, well, he stumbles upon magic practicing a sky hook and he's like all right i'm gonna like oh, we can't have you doing that on national tv like we gotta do this right kind of thing you know like i i thought that was great and then like the way he handled the spencer haywood stuff like he was they call him cap right like he was the captain of that team and the guy who played him the fact that he's not an actor i thought damn like, like i forgot that wasn't actually kareem abdul-jabbar as we were watching that series i was going to go with kareem as well 
but mostly for the fact that I don't even think at my age I could play fake basketball for the purposes of like watching <laughs> for creating a TV show and, and not get hurt like, you know, five minutes into the fake basketball game we were playing. So I'm impressed that, that at 43. That dude looks really good for 43, yeah, right? Yeah, like yes, he looks amazing. like he's yeah. 30. <laughs> yeah, trying not to think about it that way. Yeah. No, no slouch at all on the basketball court for real either. That Cal Bears team that mm -hmm. he was on from 98 to 2002 went to the NCAA tournament twice and they won the NIT one of the years that they didn't make the big tournament. So, I mean, that it's a legit basketball player and a doctor, which is pretty sweet. Next one, best season two drinking game. So looking ahead <laughs> to next season, drink every time a dr jerry bus does something not permitted in the me too era drink every time b magic johnson tells cookie she is the one and immediately <laughs> sleeps with somebody else just one person c, this time <laughs> yeah. or multiple people yeah right yeah, yeah. uh c genie bus looks at dr bus with deep concern or d drink every time jerry west says fuck and appears angry and has a drink in his hand again those are all great choices here uh we're terrible time into this stuff man yeah terrible choices okay gonna die well, from I mean, alcohol poison right but i'm assuming i'm only assuming what's what's going to happen in season two and they're they're going to explore the genie relationship more with her father so man if she's going to look at him puzzled I, I might not make it past season or episode two without having alcohol poisoning. I think that's that's the one. I think that's maybe where this this series is kind of headed with their relationship and how she becomes more important to the organization. I think the more fun drinking day game is uh, is Jerry West every time he says F because we'll get through like one week and we're like, all right, this is awful. This is this is the worst idea ever. Season two is going to be interesting. Everything you just mentioned is going to happen and happen a lot. Um, you wonder if they're going to get through a lot more time it, it stands to reason they would get through more than just one season of basketball next year because spoiler alert the lakers don't even make the finals in the next season what yeah, yeah damn right? it man yeah so and you know so you you think they're probably going to fast forward to the whole lakers celtics type stuff which happens some years later so i i think uh, the better drinking game is going to be I'm going to go with the Jerry bus every time he does something that wouldn't be acceptable in the me too movement, because that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And it leaves okay. a lot of gray area. Yeah. Like right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get like, yeah. wait a minute, would yeah. that be okay? Maybe not. All right. Better <laughs> yeah. take a drink just to be safe. I'm going with Jeannie bus over the course of these 10 episodes, the amount of time she just like looks at him with consternation or disgust or anger or frustration but she's still so determined to like get his attention and his respect and his affection. Again, like with most of the show, it got to a point where it was almost comical how often those situations were happening for her. But I think that's going to happen a bunch. I think that'll be a good drinking game. Kind of leading into what you guys are already talking about a little bit. Best upcoming season two power struggle. Is it A, Jeannie Buss versus her brothers? B, Westhead versus Riley? C, Magic versus Kareem? Or D, Lakers versus Celtics. What was the start of the question again? Because they were great options uh, in all I'm best, interested. Best upcoming season two power struggle. I want it to be Riley, but the, but Westhead, it seems like such a pushover in season one that I don't think it's going to be much of a struggle. The brothers thing, depending on how much they explore it, because to me, that was the most heartbreaking part of the last episode is that I thought she was finally going to be recognized for her contributions. He's like, oh, pick whichever brother's better. And they're both fucking yahoos at the game. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah. 
This is crazy. Um, what surprises me, so maybe it's that one for me because I want to see her win. She seemed to be one of the only redeemable characters in season one. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and somebody who deserves a win and never got it. So I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. But I was having this conversation with my wife earlier. She's like, I hate her. I'm like, what do you mean you hate her? She's the only, <laughs> wow. The only part of season one that was good. Is like, <laughs> not good in general, but just good on screen. And, and she's like, no, nah, I hate her guts. I'm like, oh, all right. But did, I, I want to see. Did she explain why? I think she was just, it, it might go back to the way she kind of looked all the time. <laughs> like she was she annoyed by the. Was pissed off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it was that. It might have been that. I think season two is going to, unlike season one, is going to capture a lot of years because there's no guarantee of a season three, right? And they got to get three, four, five years into the future to get to the Lakers Celtics year in and year out where one goes to the Celtics, one goes to the Lakers, that kind of thing. So I think that's what we're about to see in season two. I think you're going to see this Lakers Celtics. They've already built it up with the the last episode with Larry Bird sitting in his French Lick home with all his wonderful, wonderful kin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my God. Um, was he and, like poor and broke in French lick when he's just yeah. finished like two seasons of playing in the NBA like that? Come on. I'm sure and, he had and, a nicer house than that. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, right. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't Hoosiers. <laughs> Come on. It wasn't Gene Hackman moving to Indiana. Like what the hell happened there? Anyway, I, they, I think that's what they get to because I think the way it goes is the Celtics win a championship too that the Lakers aren't involved in. And then the the Lakers and Dr. J have this rivalry, like we just saw. And then some years later, it's that back-to-back Lakers Celtics, Lakers Celtics, which produced video games and commercials and all this shit. So I think that's what season two is going to get to and pretty quickly, which is the exact opposite of what we just saw in season one, where they couldn't even get through the the first week of the season. And they were already six episodes in. I think it's going to be Jeannie Buss against her brothers. Jerry Buss always wanted his son's, to be the ones that were taking over the team. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, after he died, was when Jeannie actually took over and got full control of the organization. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see that because they've certainly pitched her as hardworking, really bright, really smart, and not saddled at all with any of foibles of her father or her two, as far as we can tell, complete idiot brothers. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So Phil, you kind of got ahead of me when we started this segment but is there another team in any sport any year any era that you would like to see a similar call it a docudrama call it a complete farce barely based loosely on any reality like winning time is there another team you'd like to see get done i think there's probably a lot of them and what comes together with winning time is you have the la feel to it right like there's there's got to be that hollywood like it's beyond just the basketball like you could you could say all right let's let's do this with the jordan bulls well like, all right what how, is that cool or is that fun or is that boring like they're in chicago you know kind of thing so i could see this kind of approach to like a an, an aikman era cowboys team because of the characters you had on that yeah. team and the ownership and the environment yeah. that they were in in Dallas and the all the rumors that we've heard about that and team. And really interesting that that team, um, like similar to the way they pitched the Lakers in this, had was on like down times. Right, right. And, and about right. to come back. Like you had the season where they were like 1-15 in 15 when Aikman was yep. a rookie and then mm-hmm. they make their run. Yeah. And you can think- definitely make a caricature of Jimmy Johnson oh, out man. of – 
I mean, think of, I think, think of all the characters. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So like, yeah. the, the, I think to me, the Cowboys line up the best because you've got all the rumors of just the crazy parties, the drugs, the, the hookers, all that stuff, right? You're going to throw that all into this because that's what these shows are all about. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. guys like from coaching to own, they're all characters. Every one of them is a character, even their 30 for 30 almost lent towards like, wow, this is outrageous. So yeah. this, this kind of take on, it, I think the Cowboys teams of the early nineties, early to mid nineties would line up perfectly for this. It's for sure. Because I actually wrote that down, like to ask you guys, if you weren't going to ask this question, like <laughs> we're in a copycat league, like who's the next one they're going to do yeah. the yeah. Cowboys line up perfectly. So you need a strong owner, a strong coach, uh, in a cast of characters of players who are a little out there. Uh, so if Phil already took that. There, there's there's two other options. They're both baseball related. But I, I, I couldn't tell I couldn't tell you who the Mets owner is, but like those strawberry Gooden Davy Johnson. Oh, yeah. Mets was oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking right, the same thing. That, that, so like and, and that was insanity too. those yeah. guys. But also, if you need the same blueprint, it's got to be like that Yankee run with Steinbrenner and Tory and all those players. But all those players were kind of good dude. Like, I'm yeah, trying to think if any of them were shitty I'll, people. You're man. like. You know I'll throw I mean? a baseball one in there. How about your your 1988 Oakland A's? Yeah, like, how yeah, about that yeah, team right. with Larusa yeah. and yeah. McGuire right. and Conseco? Yeah, yeah. And just, steroids. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to think though. Like, where's the Steinbrenner's the only owner that can probably rival Bus at yeah, least when it right. comes to there's no exception other than winning. That's all he ever wanted. And maybe yeah. L. Dave, but I can't name any Raiders teams. Like Al Davis might fit that mold as an owner. Yeah. But but the, the, the Cowboys are probably the best one. But if it's if another one, maybe it's either that Mets team in the eight mid 80s, 86, because they were insane as players, or the the dynamic between Steinbrenner and Tory and how he wanted to fire everybody all the time and bringing in guys. And there was a redemption factor there too with Gooden and Strawberry coming in there so yeah either of those either of those would probably be exciting but it's probably the cowboy one the cowboy I, I one. would watch all those though yeah everything you just yeah. brought up I would watch every I one mean, of those series <laughs> we're a pretty easy mark for these <laughs> yeah, guys right. yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> how about 85 bears oh that's, that's a good one, one. Yeah, that's, that's a good, a good one, one. Strong, yeah, yeah. like you know I, I think you could interchange strong coach and strong owner and so in that case you might not have a strong owner yeah, but, but you've got Ditka. you've got Ditka, Ditka, you know, and you've yeah. got a lot of craziness on that team. Crazy um, characters on that team, yeah. If you wanted to go way back, what about like a Babe Ruth era Yankees? It's a different world at that point. The athletes are different. Like Babe Ruth was your first maybe real true superstar professional athlete at the time. And I this one it almost feels a little bit gross to say, what about the Patriots? Tell yeah. me you can't make a caricature out of Bill Belichick. He comes oh, in. He's so boring. Team. So fucking boring. Oh, oh God, boy, with a gray know, sweatshirt. Man. Fuck off. <laughs> okay. So there's right. yes. like <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll around that Patriots team, but you've got some you've got some characters with Brady and with Belichick. And frankly, their willingness to to get rid of guys might make for some interesting moments on tv i don't know there's certainly for us for anybody who's like a a sports fan you're happy to see any of these shows 
come out. So I get it. Like there's a lot of different options, but um, I think we get the Cowboys winning time or the Bears winning time or the 86 Mets winning time. I think we get those green light Let's do like, that. within like yeah. two weeks yeah. of offering them to somebody in Hollywood. So <laughs> one of you guys, please take some time to write that. <laughs> so scale of one to five, one being Christmas Eve, five being the night before the SAT. How excited are you for season two of winning time? A uh, two. And it's, it's close to one. It was really well done. Uh, once, like we, t- I've talked about this numerous. Uh, once I turned off my brain and said, "This is entertainment. This isn't fact." Like there's, it's there's some facts here, and it's a two because there's a lot more story to tell. They're gonna do the the magic bird thing still, and the differences there is that the Lakers made basketball a top sport, but also made it entertaining. Where just the Celtics made it a top sport. There was no entertainment involved there. But what I'm looking forward to too is like Riley's rise there, and when they make LA a character. When they make the city a character in the show, because season one seemed to be mostly surrounded by the forum or the club inside the forum. There's a lot more going on in that city, and I want to see them bringing into it. Unbelievable franchise. So it was a great start. So it's a, it's a two for me. Like um, It's like Christmas Eve Eve for me. So it's, it's a two. <laughs> Being excited on Christmas Eve is is really a high mark, but I'll, I'm going to give this a one, man. I, I, I watched the last episode again today and the way it ends with Dr. Jerry Buss looking at the camera and going back to his swan song explanation and he yeah. just walks out. It's and says, really watch, cool. Watch yeah. me paddle, motherfucker. And, yeah, and he yeah, walks out yeah. and holds up that trophy. I'm like, all right, can season two start next week? Like, come on. Like what? <laughs> I want to see what happens next, even though I know what happens next, but I'm really excited to see what they put together here. I'm ga- I'm glad they got greenlit for a second season. Cause I think they can start to, they're going to explore all sorts of storylines that are just outrageous that have nothing to do with what happens on the court. And that's why I'm excited for it. I'm going to say a one as well with the caveat that I'm excited for it. Like Christmas Eve when I was 40, not when I'm 10, you know, like there's, I'm not that excited <laughs> I get it. about it. Like, yeah, that, that makes Christmas sense. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. way different than 40 year old Christmas Eve, but uh, I'm going to give it a one. I'm really looking forward to it. It was a lot of fun this year. Hoping another season, I think running back is going to be good, but boys, we are out of time. I'm out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that succession actor, and longtime crotchety old man James Cromwell glued his hands to a Starbucks counter to protest the extra charge for plant-based milk. With that news that we have run out of ideas of things to protest, but not uses for glue, I hope you guys have a great week. And let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk about a disappointing end to the Guardians week, conference finals in the NBA, and review time for winning time. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. That sucked. I'm doing that again. That's just no good. You know, man, it's getting close to the end of his chance to get to a final. He's never been in a finals, right? Well, I think so. <clears throat> well, wait a minute. Who, uh, who did, who did the Bucks beat last year? It was the Suns, wasn't it? Well, did he play in the finals last I don't year? Remember. I don't know. 
I don't know, remember. It's not like we had a podcast where we were supposed <laughs> to pay attention to this shit a year maybe, ago. Maybe you're right. I, I forget. Be. I mean, all right. Well, here I've got my supercomputer already fired up. Yeah, they beat the Suns. The Bucks beat the Suns four oh. to two. So there you well, go. Anyway, Chris Paul's probably pretty close to done here. And yeah, this he's is, never won a championship, right? He's I mean, never won. That's one, for sure. Yeah. Jeez. And I thought Dallas was done after the first two games. I'm so smart. Well, you got the Celtics, right? So it balances out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That was wild. All right. As long as we're talking about sports let's yeah. and the podcast, let's get cranking. Let's do it. No energy. All of a sudden, I'm like super fucking bored to be talking to you guys. Sorry. We wasted the good stuff on my yeah. shitty story. Yeah, I'm we sorry. All Damn my energy it. went into that story. Delete all that. Start over. Let's go. All right. <clears throat> so the Heast will... <clears throat> the Heast. <clears throat> the Heat will host the Celtics in game... See, that's hard. The Heast will host. Yeah. <laughs> From watching this series. Chuck? I started with you because you were on your phone. Yeah, no, I'm not on my phone. Um, <laughs> I thought I saw that was like on a Tuesday, like right before the the, the playoff games. And I know it's I know it's that before. Uh, well, a halftime. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? I'm just so tired. Um, um, Tuesday. It's this Tuesday, it's right? Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, Tuesday, May seventeenth. So we can do so. a Tuesday. We it. it happens on tuesday and then we could do the like the season recap like thursday yeah and then we'll know where we're direct because technically we have a lottery pick yes but we've got like a 0.05 percent chance of getting in the top three or something like if we stay if we stay just where we're ranked what are we like 12th or 13th or some shit yeah something like that 14 maybe i think that's a good spot for the Cavs, honestly like you need a backup player. You don't need a starter, you know? Yeah. Or you need to trade it. Yeah. Or trade it. You're packaging it with Sexton maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little teaser for you. Lovely. All right, boys. All right, guys. That was awesome. Yeah. Good time. Have a good night, man. Love, you, right, boys. Love you guys. See you. You guys watched the any of the game earlier? Yeah, a little bit. I watched a little bit of it. I was in at my sister's for my niece's birthday party, so uh, I got sick oh, of nice. watching. Like, wasn't Louis. your sister's birthday this week too? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, so we kind of celebrated Mother's Day's uh, birthday and birthday. So, oh wow, big uh, day! But I got sick of Bluey was on, and I was like, now I'm putting it on. So I watched some of that game, and every time I looked up, clank. Missed threes all yeah. game, man. Yep. It was except for the Celtics. Who yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Right. Yeah. They <laughs> 22 of them. Yeah. The, uh, the first half was close. And then the second half yeah. was mm-hmm. not. It, it was awful for, for no There was a point like I, I threw it on after the, after the Guardians game ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, it was a point in the third quarter, maybe about four minutes into the third quarter when it was still close. Yeah. And like Tatum got his fourth foul, and you're like, "Here we go, man!" Like yeah. that guy's got to sit. In in Milwaukee's going to go on a run and take this thing over. And you know, four minutes later, the lead was 16. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, nuts. Yeah.
all these fucking nobodies. Pritchard was that the guy's name? Well, one <laughs> like yeah. thirteen points in the second half. Yeah, it, it was weird too. I, I had turned it on yeah. right at the end of the first half, and then I turned it off until the Guardians game was over. But <coughs> like you looked me. at the stat line in the first half, and it was it you the Bucks. It was all. Giannis, like that was it. Yeah, like, yeah. Having a monster game. Yeah, and, and you know that that doesn't bode well <laughs> for, against a real good team, right? Like, all right, one guy is carrying this team to a five point yeah. deficit at halftime. Uh, sure enough. Yeah, but although I don't know, man, like who else? Who else is a th- is a real threat on Dallas besides Luca? I can't. If you would have asked me last week, name another player. On, on Dallas, Dallas. <laughs> I would have been like, I, I picked the wrong team. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dirk, is Dirk Nowinski. Dirk. That's about it. Yeah. Well, I Jason know Porzingis. They traded them, right? him. Does, does Jason Kidd count because he's the coach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know they had Porzingis and they traded him before the yeah. deadline. But other yeah. than that, I don't. It's I have this no guy. Idea. His last name begins with a B. Is like the other. I, God, um, I could. I don't know if I could name anyone on their team other than. Yeah. That. I don't yeah. know. <coughs> oh, excuse me, man. Ugh. Winning time. That was fun, man. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a good time. That yeah. was a. Uh, that was. I a loved. Good, it was a great show. I. Was show, I, yeah. I was trying to think like the ancillary character that was my favorite. The accountant. The guy was great. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The dude's waste. Like, if you ever watch where he wears his pants, yes, I'm like, yeah. what? This guy is amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> I tried job. really hard to do a multiple choice question that was um, real Jerry West quotes versus Jerry West quotes from the oh, show. Oh, yeah, see yeah. If you could see if you could tell the difference. But it's super hard to find, like, quotes from the show online. Because if you Google jerry west winning time just like like the first 10 pages of google are just like jerry west thinks that this portrayal of winning yeah. in winning time is blah 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 blah. couldn't get to it couldn't find like clips on youtube and stuff like that it was yeah that was, was a too, great idea but i just couldn't find, I read, I find the material I, going back I, I, I don't know all the episodes yeah i don't know much about jerry west until watching the show so i was like i want to know a little more about this guy Apparently, though, like he was abused as a child. So he the, the thing that most of these articles said, not not only that, but that he did have like he, like a super quick temper mm. and he would lose yeah. it. And I was like, all right. You know, so I'm, I'm looking at him like it's it might be a little bit of satire him, but more like it's like a reflection. Like if you, you take your kids to like a uh, like a um, amusement park, it's like looking in a funhouse mirror for these people. Like that's the reflection you're kind of getting back on some of these characters. They're yeah. they're obtuse and oblong, and they're taking their their quirks and they're making them more amplified. But he ended up being one of my favorite characters. Oh like, man, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that he yeah, was so for, good for everything he's complaining about. Like they they definitely made the point that like he's the guy suddenly like pulling the strings to start yeah. putting the team together, yeah. which is what he eventually becomes is like the greatest GM yeah. ever in the NBA. Like who would ever fire themselves? Like they were yeah. that much of a perfectionist that he fired yeah. himself because he couldn't get the job done. The, the scene in Boston in the limo was phenomenal. Yeah, and then course. the scene yeah, during the finals when he couldn't watch the game and he kept popping his head into like the media room. 
was yeah. equally yeah. as phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Like what I'll miss if season two is different and it should be different is uh, the one thing that I found somewhat annoying early on and then grew to love and thought it was the best part of the series sometimes was like the fragile paranoia of all the characters of yeah. Kareem, yeah. Of Jerry West, of all the coaches, they were all paranoid. And I was like, this sucks. But by the time it started to build, I'm like, no, this is the best part of the show. It was the best yeah. part yeah. of the show for me. like a playoff series or the end of the year or something like that. Um, was it weird? My wife just walked in here. Totally distracting. She's not saying anything, but still distracting. What are you doing? We're in the middle of a show. <laughs> she wanted, she wants to look out my office window at the sunset. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Come on. She, she's welcome to go ahead and do that. We can just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's distracting, man. I was in a zone. <laughs> we've already got indeed.com and k jewelers tammy we don't not tammy is it a good sunset tonight yeah, you know sunsets it's the, same, it's the same sunset almost all the time so sunsets happen every night this happens once a week just you know, <laughs> uh, i'm single <laughs> <laughs> no way i'm even going to be able to get that back anyway um the point that i was trying to make let's go to some lumberjack games yeah man i, I... are they still there they, no it's no, but the they do uh, cleveland monsters the monsters yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. a whl team yeah we can go to monsters games i i'll come to erie i i, I need to be a better hockey i like hockey every time i watch it i enjoy it I just don't turn it on much. I don't need spring football. I don't need horse racing. I don't <laughs> no. think I need hockey. I think I watch enough sports. I don't think I need Probably to add right. anything else. The Olympics come around every once in a while. Um, yeah, plus that that baseball thing still hasn't started yet <laughs> yeah. with yeah. Uh, Nick Swisher. So Nick Swisher's <laughs> about to destroy the, I, the uh, Southeast Asian baseball circuit. Right. <laughs> I, just, I did see when I was um, – flipping through Hulu earlier today that I had the option of watching a fan control league game. Um, so they must've started up again. I guess Josh Gordon and Johnny Mansell are busy. Something yeah. happened. Saturdays. I saw on Twitter today, something happened where I guess Manziel threw some ridiculous touchdown pass and everyone celebrated. I'm like, I'm not clicking on that. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't do it. Who cares? Oh, hey, they only lost by 33. How about that? Jeez. I bet they didn't cover. No. no. They were favored. I'm sure they were favored. Oh, boy. Easily. So, Luca, this is only Luca's fourth season. And seems his, like he's been around a lot longer right? than that, right? It's one of those guys. His stat line is eerily similar to LeBron's fourth season when he led the Cavs to get swept in the NBA finals against the Spurs. He's not LeBron. No, no, no. I'm not saying I, I right. He's um he's amazing, but he is um he if like comparing this is the comparison I would give you. Um he and LeBron go together the way that Jordan and Barkley went together, where Barkley was a ridiculous talent, but didn't have the discipline to to reach the levels that like Jordan does. And and like Luca was overweight for the first like month and a half of the season. Yeah. I mean, he's oh. just not, he's at least not yet. 
He's um, not a LeBron type player either. I mean, LeBron is, I mean, he's I would actually disagree. Like he's, uh, he can shoot, he can handle the ball. He's got size and like, and he like, like height and, I'm like girth is not a word I like to use very often in normal <laughs> conversation. He's, no? like he's like a solid dude. Um, I, I think there are some LeBronish. Oh yeah, there's some overlap and stuff like that. But I mean, I guess what I'm I'm interested in is like, all right, so LeBron's setting all these records, and there's no like who could challenge it. Sure, Luca's yeah. in his fourth year. If he's scoring yeah. this amount of points, like he could challenge some of these records, right? Potentially, you got to have the discipline to take care of your body to and to be the, you know, the to difference be doing it at that level right. in year nineteen. The That's difference the is going to be yeah. LeBron's fit. He's a physical specimen, and he's done nothing but dedicate his life to yeah. that part of it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I don't see that from Luca. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Luca's going to be drinking some beer out of some trophy at some point here, no yeah. matter what. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Suns were a six and a half point favorite. I don't. I don't. Oh man! I looked at the line. <laughs> Easy money. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? Oh, I oh. think Dallas led the entire game. I think Dallas went up like two nothing at the beginning and never looked back. That's so, nuts. All right. I, this I has been like something... a twenty five minute break. You want to keep Sorry. going? All yes. This is basketball related. <laughs> I read something today where they said, "Could you name another?" more fair draft day trade than Luka Doncic for Trey Young. And I thought, man, I would take Luka Doncic 10 out of 10 yeah. times over Trey Young, right? Like, yeah. I mean, granted, on draft day, like that was what a about good... like Philip Rivers and Eli Manning. That worked out for yeah. both organizations. Yeah. Yeah. That's a but good I, one. Yeah. That is that that's a better example, Chuck. That's a better example because Philip Rivers is probably the better quarterback, but yeah. you get a championship ring or two True. with Eli, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think like I mean, Trey Young's really good, but Trey Young is not Luka Doncic. Like Luka is no. MVP caliber, right? Yeah. yeah. Although that was Trey, Trey might be too, but um, I, I don't. I just don't think Trey's so small. Like you just don't look necessarily, and and it's maybe the reason why we, we worry some of it with Darius Garland is yeah. I don't know if you build a franchise around a, a smallish player like that like yeah. when, like detroit in the bad boy era built around isaiah you know i mean mm -hmm. i don't know or, or you go to those those philly teams with iverson um but even he i, I don't know i don't remember how tall iverson was he's a little dude right he's probably he, he six, was one six yeah. something like that he was small yeah um yeah i don't know i, so, I just while on that's why it's like nice both teams mobile. Yeah, both teams got a really good player. Like the six next... foot. Iverson was six, I six foot. Yeah, okay. Meant... So there you go. I mean, that's that's when his cornrows were an afro. When <laughs> in cornrows, I think it was five eleven. Yeah, like Fletch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> man, I like Alan. Alan Iverson was one of my favorite players. Man. I he forgot so that that trade that happened. The the trade for Luca. Yeah, on draft night. Trade. Yeah. Both teams know. got a really good player, right? Like a really good player. I think but... I'd want. I think I'd want Luca. Yeah, yeah. more yeah. as well. We'll see. All right, let's All talk right. fake basketball. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean I'm funny?
funny like the clown near the museum.